You know, I, I really, I really do like uh, being close to you, and uh, honestly, it doesn't really feel like that here. So, you all try to be close to me, okay? So that gospel reading, there's tons of sermons in there. Tons of sermons have been said about it. Uh, when I went to Curcio many, many years ago, uh, Curcio gatherings, have, they have a name, usually a scriptural kind of name attached to it, and ours was the sea, uh, Curcio of the Sores of the Seed. And uh, so I have a special place in my heart for that. But I have a different idea this morning to talk about. Actually, in that gospel, I mean, Jesus explains it all to you. That's rare because he tells all these stories that you make you scratch your head. But in this one, he tells you just what it means. So I commend that to you. Be that way. I want to talk about today the creation story. And I have a special reason for wanting to talk about that. Um, there's two creation stories, you know. One is the the seven-day thing, and the other is the uh, Adam and Eve story. And that's what I want to talk about today. Kind of revisit that story from a different point of view. Really a rather different point of view. One that was... Uh, uh, put out there by the Reverend Jerome Berryman, Episcopal priest, who is the creator uh, of the godly play uh, Sunday lessons that have been used here in this church for some time. It kind of fell away in the, uh, you know, in the, that thing that happened. Starts with a C. We shouldn't even say that word anymore. You know, COVID, godly play, kind of withered along with a lot of other things. But I would really, really like to see godly play restored uh, as on Sunday for the, for the little ones. And Jerome Berryman has such a beautiful way of telling the stories. Many, many stories. I don't know how many stories that he has written, all biblically-based stories uh, from a... a not really exactly a different point of view, but just from a different, it's sort of from the heart rather than the head. You know what I mean? And so the one uh, uh, that sometimes people call the, the Adam and Eve story the original blessing rather than the original sin, uh, the Reverend Matthew Fox introduced that idea. He wrote a whole book about that. And so, Father Berryman gave us this. I'll read it to you. This is a godly play story, just as the godly play storyteller would tell it to the children. When God created everything, God said, it is good. And God put God's own image in the creatures that walk on the earth. In the midst of the creation was a wonderful garden. It was God's garden. Everything was there, but everything was so close it was all together. 
God was with the rocks and the plants and the animals, and they were with God and each other. Everything was there. All the people were also together in one person called everyone, or in their language, Adam. Eve was there too. She was always there, for she came from Adam. She and Adam were a kind of Adam-Eve. Adam-Eve. In the middle of the garden grew two trees. God told Adam-Eve that they should not eat the fruit of these trees. One tree was about differences, and one tree was about forever. If you ate the fruit of the tree of differences, you would know about differences. If you ate the tree from the tree of forever, you would live forever. Now the serpent was more clever than any other creature that God had made. And the serpent suggested that Adam Eve taste the fruit from the tree of differences, and they did. Adam Eve ate from the tree of differences and things fell apart for them. They became Adam and Eve. The difference between them and God also came apart and the difference between good and evil did too. God called for them and they hid, but God found them. They did not know how to be with God anymore because of all the differences. They were good and evil, close and far, high and low, God and people, Adam and Eve, and many, many more differences. The differences also did something wonderful. Now Adam and Eve could take things apart and put them back together again. They could be creators, almost like God. They could not make something out of nothing, but they could make something out of the differences. After the differences, Adam and Eve could not look back to when everything was all together in the garden. They could only go forward, and they did. God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden. An angel and a sword was put at the edge of the garden so they could not go back, but only go forward. God went with them on their journey to help them be the best creators they could be and to be with God in this new way and stay one with God. Jerome Berryman. You know, Yogi Berra, so many, <laughs> great Yogi, it ain't over till it's over. Uh, one of, this was attributed to him. If everything was perfect, it wouldn't be perfect. When we know differences, we cannot go back to when we did not know differences. You really can't do that. Your mind just won't work that way. You know, you can see some things that just can't be unseen, you know what I mean? Or hear some things that can't be unheard. Differences 
Beauty that moves the spirit. I always think about that. How do we know beauty? How do we know beauty? I think about that when, when I see a beautiful sunset, for instance. And a sunset is nothing that, that the sun who's going down, whose light is shining through the particles in the sky, the pollution. Pollution makes a sunset. But something that God has given us here is the ability to look at that sunset in awe and wonder. And, and maybe even a tear will trickle down our cheek if it's beautiful enough. How do we know that? Perfect and imperfect. If everything was perfect, it wouldn't be perfect. We have to have imperfect. If we didn't have imperfect, we wouldn't know what perfect was, would we? That's right. Pain and pleasure. If we didn't have a little pain, we wouldn't know what pleasure is. I fell off my bicycle and broke my pelvis. I mean, I know what pleasure is, and that wasn't it. That was not it. <laughs> also, when we know differences, we have a choice. We have choices. All the time we have choices. When can we know right from wrong? When we can choose right, we can choose wrong. Somebody chose wrong when they threw a rock through our window back there. Whoever did that, if you would come forward later, we'll have a special confession for you. And Yeah, wish we knew. When there are no differences, there's nothing to choose from, is there? When we, can, when we know right from wrong, we can choose right. We make those choices every day. Little simple choices. Or we make big choices, sometimes for wrong and sometimes for right. The biggest choice we face is the choice to love or not love. That's a huge choice. Maybe it's the only choice that really matters. But if we didn't have that difference or that choice, Love would not mean anything, would it? And if Eve and Adam had eaten from that tree of forever, and we were living forever, life would not have very much meaning at all. Maybe no meaning at all, life, if we live forever. There would also be a lot of people, just to think about that. We cannot go back to the garden, but we can remember and learn the message that beautiful story tells us. I'm so afraid that somehow theology or whatever has brought a meaning out of that story that just doesn't work for us anymore. Like, you know, the, the snake made me do it. 
He said, this snake made me do it. Adam said, Adam kind of blamed it on God, you see. The woman you gave me made me do it. The woman you gave me made me do it. You know, and we've drawn so many other things about this idea of of original sin is not really popular with me. I just think that's the wrong way of looking at it. First place, I see, I understand sin to be those things that we do that separate us. Small little things that separate us. We intentionally separate ourselves from one another. And in a way, that's a good thing. I mean, if we were all the same, you know, nothing would get done. Our differences are important from each other. But when we create separation, uh, I think that's what sin is. I think that's all we need to know. I mean, sometimes that separation is something really, really, really horrible, you know, mass shootings or whatever. Separation is all this is about. Differences, separate. We can remember once, once in a while, we can remember the garden and learn, but we can't go back there. It's just not an option. We can remember once we were the same, one with each other, one with God. Now that we know the difference. But I maintain we are a part of the same thing. I've always said this. All children of the garden, made from the same dust of the stars, the elements that make up the universe is what you and I are made of. All of us have the same stuff. Nobody has any elements that I don't have. I don't have any that you don't have. Let me just take a little time and read you a little piece from Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was, he would say an atheist, but I, I think he, he understood the great, there, that there was a great mystery. And he wrote this, a human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. We experience ourselves, our thoughts and feelings as something separate from the rest. I love this phrase, a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by, by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. The true value of a human being is determined primarily by the measure and the sense in which he has attained liberation from the self. 
We shall require a substantially new manner of thinking if humanity is to survive. So we all came from the same garden, knowing the differences, and we can't go back. We can see this truth clearly. We can only respond by loving one another. The biggest difference was about love, a choice. Adam had eaten that tree of life, we would live forever and it would have no meaning. So I guess what I take out all this, when we read the scriptures, let's read them with our heart and not our head. This has been fun up here. Thank you for your kind attention. I'll see you next week back down. <laughs> We're back down there. Amen.